The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. And today I'm so thrilled to have my longtime great friend, Paul Ajdaharian, Senior Vice President at the Simon Property Group. Paul, how are you? Okay, thank you, John. Thanks for having me. And uh, yes, it's uh, kind of amazing. I think we we met in the early 90s, and uh, it's another example of relationships do matter. So thank you very much. That they do. We're both still around. We're both still doing it, Paul. I don't know what's happening, but we're still doing it. Uh, Paul, tell me first off, big picture, you, you, for a big chunk of your career, you've had a national view. You know, you've covered... Uh, handle properties, malls, and uh, major, major open-air centers across the country. What's your big picture, Paul, picture worldview on the retail market today? It's interesting. I think we're seeing so many things that the the basics still apply, right? Uh, The retailers um, that invest in their projects, that invest in their stores, uh, provide an experience, provide value, are performing the best. We're seeing, I think, um, uh, we said publicly in our last earnings call, uh, bricks and mortar isn't going away. It's, it continues to evolve uh, and it continues to perform. And we're seeing that big picture throughout the country. Um, you know, there are always going to be blips. Things happen, whether it's weather, whether it's you know, just different, different other issues going on macro. But the fact of the matter is, is bricks and mortar are here to stay. And uh, as long as you can provide a, a reason to come to your store, uh, customers will respond. Is one of those reasons pickleball? Are people putting pickleball on retail properties, Paul? Is that it's, happening? It's interesting. It's interesting. Yes, they are. And I can tell you um, uh, it's it's an amazing sport. I can tell you we're working on a lot of things as it relates to pickleball. Uh I, I, my wife and I started playing it as well. We didn't even know what it was. We thought it was just kind of some tennis, small tennis game or whatever. It's very fun, and I think you're going to see a lot more. Uh, it's just another example of an experience at a shopping center, right? Um, it's one more thing to do, and that's our job at Simon and all the developers and all the retailers is to bring customers to our projects, and it's one more experience. Isn't it the thing, Paul, that, you know, we, we learn a lot through COVID and, you know, one of them, you know, you, you and I talk about getting, getting older, you know, blood flow and oxygen, right? So we need to do things to get ourselves moving every day. Like that's a thing. we got to keep moving. And then the second thing we've really learned is that uh, about mental health and that, you know, the concept that we're all going to sit inside our houses, even if we have a Peloton and we're working out, if we don't have human interaction, we've got a problem. So, you know, I'm, I'm joking just tiny bit about pickleball because, you know, I, I, I agree with it and I get it because what you're saying is you're getting your body moving, blood flow and oxygen, you're interacting with other people, which is critical, and you're going to a place to do that. So the experiential thing you're talking about, it really is checking a lot of boxes of uh, mental health, physical health, uh, spiritual health, kind of all the way around kind of bringing people together. Am I getting that all right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're seeing it on all different levels, right? Look at a lot of the retailers that have their beliefs and their culture uh, first and foremost in their brand. You think of, I think of Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A. You you know what their culture is like when you go to a Chick-fil-A. 
I mean, let's face it, it's a chicken sandwich, but all of a sudden you go there and, and the people cannot be nicer at a Chick-fil-A, right? So again, it's interaction. You're interacting with people. I see it with my family. I see it with my business relationships. You want to interact with people. Um, it makes you feel good. And you learn. Let's face it, you learn at the same time. So yes, and that's that's when you think of uh, uh, shopping destinations, whether they're shopping centers or malls or outlets or whatever they are. We're interacting with people, and that's what we want to do. I um, um I had a friend of mine. He had all three of his kids worked at Chick Fil A, and one of the things he told me was, John, uh, when your kids work at Chick Fil A, you always know your kid is available on Sunday. I never thought it from that perspective, but as a dad. <laughs> And he was like, when can I see my kids? When can I get the family together? He would just send out a family text and like, hey, we're going to have lunch on Sunday because he knew they weren't at work in that day. And so that seems so exactly. simple. But again, does it does it make me want to go to Chick-fil-A more often because it, my friend is getting more time with his kids because of their corporate decision? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, um, I was recently um, uh, at Publix headquarters for a meeting and I was talking to an employee there about how my youngest daughter is going to go to Southeastern. And uh, in the fall, which is in Lakeland, and she's like, oh, please connect me to her. And so I did. And this Publix employee sends this email to my daughter saying, hey, here's where places you want to go eat in Lakeland. Here's where you, if you're looking for a church, here's the churches. And hey, if you want to, I can come pick you up and, and take you and show you some stuff. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's like that culture, right? It's like, here's this very human thing. But that's the same experience almost anybody would have if they went into a Publix anywhere and was asking for some question from customer service. That's what you're talking about, right? It's that branding culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going that that extra mile, that extra quantum um, uh, attempt at making a connection at, because now your daughter, you know, she's, she's now going to feel um, – enthused to not only speak with this public's employee, but learn something, talk to someone. And let's face it, you know, we joke, John, that you and I are getting older, but one of the, my pleasures of my both personal and, and business career is helping younger people mm -hmm. and reaching out and saying, okay, what can I do to help? Because, you know, you, you just see the, these younger people, their, their eyes just light up and they're so excited. And that's part of what we should be doing. Let's face it. Yeah. Yeah. Giving back, make it happen. Any other projects or retailers that jumps out you from a national perspective? Like, hey, they're doing it right. Any other examples you want to give us? Um, there are so many. I mean, I think of, I look at somebody like a Five Below. They're constantly reinvesting in their stores. You look at, uh, you know, when you think of Five Below, you think of everything $5 and under, right? Well, they came out publicly and said, okay, we're going to have a department that's over $5, or, or I guess they call it five and above. I'm not really sure. Uh, and I see them, you know, evolving with the time. Uh, they, I see them investing in their stores. They're constantly fresh. Uh, you look at their retail, their project products that they have in, in their stores. They're very fun. They're very uh, just new. There's always, you know, that sense of, of the hunt, right? Um, additionally, they're another one with both, in my mind, one of the marks of a great retailer is to have a, both a brand and a culture. One of the things that I learn a lot is when you go to a retailer's office. You go to Five Below's office, it's very millennial looking. It's very fun. It's very um, almost Google-esque in terms of you want to be there. And you can see people are enthused to work there. And you see it at the store level personnel, and you see it in the appearance of the stores as well. I see, I look at Ulta 
constantly reinvesting in their stores, constantly bringing new brands into their stores. Uh, and they get it. They, these, they, they're inviting retail our customers into their stores. Now, that doesn't mean that it's um, uh, mutually exclusive with being online. You know, uh, national press would have you believe that one is mutually exclusive with the other. They're not. You embrace in online shopping. You embrace the omni-channel experience because that's that's how you're going to uh, maximize your attractiveness with the customer and your relationship with the customer. I look at uh, brands like Nike. Uh, when you think of Nike, you think of they're very inclusive. They're very innovative. They're uh, the customer, the uh, store level personnel are very engaging with you. So it's it's a lot of the same themes that you think about uh, that in terms of uh, interaction and relationships with the customers. Um, and there's just, you know, you look at Warby Parker, a uh, digitally native concept that has also embraced bricks and mortar, and the stores look great and, again, um, really attract the customer into their stores. That's awesome. Paul, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, your thoughts on leadership, and so we'll give you some feedback on that. So, sure. uh, Paul Jaharian, SVP at Simon Property Group, our special guest today on the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we're back here, uh, the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition with Paul Jaharian, SVP at Simon Property Group. Paul, I want to talk to you a little bit now about um, leadership. You know, you have been interacting um, at the C-suite level a long time. I mean, you know, I don't know how far you go back that you were reporting to somebody, and now you're, you know, in the room, you've been in the room a long time, and in your job, you interact with C-suite people all over the country, all over the place. When you think about the best, best CEO and CEO in those types that you've worked with, what are the traits of those people that you've said, man, that's the, that's the differentiator from a good one and a great one. What are the, what are the great traits of CEOs you've seen over the years? It's interesting. Um, it's, it sounds like a cliche, but the first thing is hard work. I, I've been fortunate enough to work for David Simon for a lot of years, and I can tell you he works as hard, if not harder, than anybody I know. Uh, so first of all, it's hard work. There's no substitute. Next is, I think, be a student of the industry. 
it's really amazing to listen to different CEOs. They're not only a student of their business, but they're a student of the industry and looking at the trends and constantly measuring uh, the, the industry and how they can position their company uh, in terms of the best light uh, to take advantage of the, of the trends. The other thing I would look at also is these guys that um, can not only – have their eye on five and 10 years down the road in terms of long-term vision and and long-term direction, but also very short-term direction and short-term executing of that strategy. It's interesting when you listen to a lot of CEOs, uh, some of them are very much in the clouds, and that's great. But the ones that can do that and then also execute on short-term decision-making and and, be appropriate in terms of that decision-making, I think really separates uh, the the better CEOs from the other ones. Uh, There are a lot of CEOs that just seem to go from one company to another. Thankfully, I've been fortunate not to have that experience. And it's really interesting to see that long-term strategic guidance and, um, and, and mental equity in the, not only the company, but the industry. That is all great insight. Let me go back to the first one. You said hard work. And so, um, I have a definition for that, but let me ask you, what's your definition of hard work? What does that mean? You know, in so many ways, it's, it's for the most, most basic level is, uh, you're just, you're just uh, aware, right? You're available. You're, uh, you're available for questions. You're available for whatever issues that your employees have. Uh, but by the same token, you're, you're studying the industry. You're studying your business. You're trying to figure out how to take your brand and your culture and improve upon it. Some of the things that are interesting to me is, um, and I feel bad in saying this, I don't, I don't mind when I get emails over the weekend. I really don't. I actually send them as well. But there are a lot of people that don't like that at all. And it's just hard for me as a person now in my 50s to understand that because we were all taught you work hard. That's what you do. Uh, so to me, it's it's uh, in a lot of ways over delivering as well. One of the things that I think we see a lot at Simon is there's a lot of um, you hate to say under promise, but you promise appropriately but over deliver. So one of the things that I'll uh, discuss with younger people in our company is don't just do a task. Do one step more than that task. Whatever, if I've asked you to do something, take it to that next level. You might be wrong. That's okay, but that's how you're going to learn. So it's, you know, take it to that next level and and show people that, that you're actually uh, have an interest in this job, and it's not just a job. It's a career, and you're here to learn something. So the way I would define that, Paul, is like, you know, if you, when you were, let's just make this up, that you were 17 years old and Paul Jaharian's working at Subway, and your shift is nine to five, you're, you're probably thinking about making those sandwiches between nine to five, but at seven o'clock at night, you weren't thinking about, Hmm, I wonder how we can make that sandwich better because at that point in your life, it was a job. When you became Paul Ajdeharian, the real estate guy, that's a career and you became a professional. So when you wake up, if you get up at 6am in your house in Indianapolis, um, you're Paul Ajdeharian, you're the professional and you're, and you're doing your stuff. And that goes through all during the day, seven days a week. And that doesn't mean you don't take time off. It doesn't mean you don't spend quality time with your family. You do those things, but you're, when you say work hard, it's not like you're saying work really hard from nine to five. If you want to be in the C-suite level, you got to work hard as a, as a lifestyle, as an institution. Am I getting that right? 
Absolutely. And there's a lot more than just the work, too, right? It's, you know, we're getting older, right? So uh, 6, 6.30 in the morning, I'm on the Peloton. Uh, believe me, I, you know, here in, in Indianapolis, it can't be worse. I mean, it's gloomy, and right. I can't tell if it's raining or sleeting or not right <laughs> now. But you have to work out. You have to pre- pre- uh, prepare your mind to your body for the job, right? Because if you're not healthy, you're not doing anybody any good. So it's not only work hard at the job, but it's work hard on yourself, your mental state, uh, and being ready, uh, getting enough sleep, all those kinds of things. Having said that, though, one of the most basic levels, and and I still try to do this, get to work before your boss, and don't leave until he leaves. If if not after, you know you want to you want to be there and be available because you never you want to be a sponge, right? You want to soak up whatever kind of information you can all day long. Uh, but it's not only those hours. You're right. It's before and after to make sure make sure yourself is, is prepared mentally and physically. Yeah, and I like that you know that thing you talk about being the student of the industry, like. It's not just like doing what you're told. It's really deeply comprehending what is happening. I, I've been at companies where I've seen employees where I thought, I don't think they know what we do here, <laughs> right? And so really understanding about the difference between being productive versus being busy and getting that, right? And uh, look, I mean, how many times have you and I bumped into each other at the Las Vegas ICSC at the last, and the last hour of the last day? And it's like, there's two guys in the room, John Crossman and Paul Jaharian, Right. That's happened yep. more than once, yep. my friend. And so, you know, you, yeah, and you and I are still out there grinding. If if a, if a young person was running around at the same time, they could get hours with you and me, right? We were available. Right. right. So, but it's having Absolutely. that level of intensity, right? Absolutely. It's the intensity. It's that drive. It's And that's something that I think about a lot. You know, that last 10 minutes of the day or that last 15 minutes of the day, all right, what are you doing? It's all about the increment, right? Okay, what did you do then that will hopefully help you in the future? And it could be a lot of things, right? It could be uh, reading some information uh, of the industry, listening to one of your podcasts. It could be a lot of different things to help you prepare, prepare for that next level. One of the things that I try to uh, encourage people in our company as well is to have a mentor. It's amazing, just like your public's example, it's amazing how many younger people in not only our company, but just different companies feel pigeonholed, right? Because they think, oh, I'm just doing this. And there's nothing wrong with reaching out to someone in the company and saying, hey, can we go to lunch? Um, Can you you, uh, help guide me? Uh, Sooner or later, hopefully you have a mentor in the company that's not your boss, of course. It's somebody that you trust that has a uh, strong respect in the company and somebody that you can at least just discuss with and learn things. One of the things that really disappoints me is when I see somebody leave the company for the wrong reasons. And and you think, oh, wow, that's really a bummer. We just lost a good person for some not not really appropriate reason. And let's face it, part of our job is to bring younger people up and hopefully train them to um, – take her, you know, leave the company one day. We're going to need to wrap up here with Paul, but one of the things that one of the many nuggets you've shared that hit me when you're talking is like make lunchtime matter, right? Like for people mm-hmm. listening to this, you know, look, if you scheduled a lunch once, once a week, just once a week with somebody new and you did it for one year and you took two weeks off at the end of the year, you'd have 50 new relationships, right? You do that for 10 years, yeah. 500 new people. So there's a, a level of just making that lunchtime matter. Well, Paul, uh, first off, thanks for being my friend. Thanks for being a mentor. Uh, thanks for being a leader in the industry and that all you're doing. And thank you to Simon for being such a great company as well. So really appreciate having a guest with us today. 
Well, thank you, and, and feeling is mutual. I feel like I learn from you and get motivated from you every time I see you. So well, thank you, John. We need to get more time together. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with our final segment. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. Okay, we're back here with the final segment here with the Crossman Conversation, the CEO, and I'm here with Mike Gillen, my producer, my boss, my buddy. <laughs> um Mike, I was at a real estate event years ago, and uh, whether I was working, I ended up being like right on the front row, and the guest speaker was uh, President Bill Clinton. So Bill Clinton comes out, wow. President of the United States. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the first things he did was he, he dropped David Simon's name. You know, when the President of the United States is <laughs> dropping your name in a speech, and so our guest, Paul Zaharian, works with uh, Mr. Simon. Right. And that's that's impressive, right? Yeah. So He's a Hoosier. He's up there in Indiana. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, well, you and I both have Indiana connections, and- so you can see that, you know, Paul's a guy that in his own right, just a really impressive executive, you know. The second thing is, is this, is that um, I was up meeting with Paul for some business reasons, I don't know, 15 years ago, and we met at a restaurant, and my next meeting was dinner with my family that's in Annapolis, my Aunt Sandy, my cousin Sherry. And um, so Paul just stayed and had dinner with us. Like, so here's this executive mm. who's just hanging out with me and my family. Uh, oh, my Uncle Paul was there too, and so... A few years later, Michael Paul got ill and, you know, he wasn't much time left for him to be on this earth. And I flew up to Indianapolis to see my Uncle Paul, who picked me up at the airport and drove me to the hospital, was Paul Ashton Oh my goodness. This executive yeah. with Simon, yeah. that's what he did. But he yeah. talked about that relationship. Right? Yes. I mean, that's such a valuable yes. commodity to have. And I think in really, uh, if you don't have a background in church, a lot of people miss out on the role of how do you develop relationships? You're not taught the value necessarily, not in our schools anymore. Yeah. You're not taught how important it is to make relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess some schools do, some don't, right? Some do, some, some don't. don't. But, you th- but your point is, is that here's a guy like Paul, like, you know, we have this business relationship, but I'm telling like these key points in my life, Paul was there for me as a person. And we went from having a business meeting in a restaurant to a family style dinner Hang, hang, hanging out. I'm, you know, I come to Indianapolis for business. I'm coming to Indianapolis for family and, and Paul's been there for me. So I think to your point, sometimes people live in these sort of segmented worlds. Mm-hmm. Like I have my work life and I have my personal life and they don't touch other people. And I, Paul and I are in this category. You, you're in the category. It's like, what well, I call it kind of blends together. They're healthy boundaries, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to share that about him. I thought that was really yeah. a big deal. You know? It is really great. Another thing that I really, on that relationship uh, front, is the fact that he's kept up with you. I mean, that, again, shows, I know you respect him, but it's it's reciprocated. Mm-hmm. He respects you. And even though he's up in Indiana, he is keeping up with what you're doing here yeah. in Central Florida. I appreciate that. He, uh, you know, he's also, I love the comment about being the student of the industry. Like, you really feel right. that, right? Yeah. He's 
he's he's studying it and he's thinking about it. He's in context. You know, it's not like sitting back and just waiting, but leaning in. And then, you know, when he's talking about work hard, you know, I, I wanted him to unpack that. And he did a great job of it about like, man, like, you know, being passionate about what you're doing, you right. know? Um, right. And again, I ask that in context because not everybody wants to be a CEO. Not everybody wants to be an executive. And I'm not trying to say you should or shouldn't. But if you're wanting this kind of bigger, more influential life, you've got to lean in. You've got to lean in. And we've got a, a little over a minute left here, John. I'd love for you to address something that he brought up. And that was getting there early and being available. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that was really a, a great word. Listen, I went uh, years ago, my company took all of the top people, the top salespeople to a conference in Las Vegas, and they left me alone because I was the young guy. The next year they took all of us, including me. The next year they sent just me. Like, how did that happen at 25 years old? I was at this conference and they left all the quote old guys in their forties back home. What happened was, is that that first year I went to that conference, I was the first guy at the booth. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave until everyone else left. Who was the second guy in the booth every morning? The CEO, wow. right? And I refused to leave until he left. And so the next year when there was a mild recession, he told the president of the company, I don't care who's, you know, you're not sending, but who you're going to send is Crossman. He's working hard. And Mike, I didn't really know what I was doing. Right. I just was showing up early, staying late. And I still had a full life, you know, it's not like craziness, but there is so much value that if you get a rhythm, it's like if your boss shows up at 830 and you just show up at 815, I'm not talking show up at 5 a.m., like show up at 815 and being ready to go and leaning in. And then like if the boss leaves at 5.30 and you leave at 5.45, like, but that extra bracket of time will really define your career. It really will. I mean, you're the business version of what used to be called in Indiana, a gym rat. You were always there, always wanting to take the shot, always wanting to have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and man, always good to have you here, Mike Gillen here with me and uh, Paul Esdahari and SVP at Simon. What a great guest to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This has been the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.